We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, hey, guess what? Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And here's the best part. You can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. That's right, 15 bucks a month for everything I just listed. So whether you're starting from scratch or having an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. So many people hit me up all the time ask about how to get started in podcasting, this is it. This is your opportunity right here with Blue Wire Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this from this episode to find out more, and that's bwhustle.com slash join. Hey, guys. Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman. This is Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today, we're going to talk about some big picture takeaways from the 49ers win in Arizona and how they relate to a week 17 season finale against the Seahawks at State Farm Stadium. We will also get into the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation that Kyle Shanahan started with his press conference Uh, on Monday where he committed to Garoppolo and then didn't. Uh, Chris and I will break down our thoughts on that whole, uh, all of those shenanigans. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. All right, Chris is back. We got a lot to get to today. We have a game against Arizona. Not so much to recap, but we're going to go over some of the things that we took away from that game that uh, that matter 
and then we'll get into some of the Seahawks game. And then, Chris, we got to get into the Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo conversation that I believe has been going now for 397 days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's part of what happens in this in, in our news cycle. Like right. anytime Kyle Shanahan says anything about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be news. And he basically <laughs> said today what he said in November. And also, as you point out, very similar to what he said um, about the whole Tom Brady thing. And so put it this way, his feeling on Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't really changed, although it feels like the perception around his feeling of Jimmy Garoppolo has changed. And by that, I mean, fans and certain media members think that Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> not being entirely truthful, which is, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a long discussion about this. We'll, we'll dig in. We'll dig in all the way. How was your holiday though? How was your holiday weekend full of brisket and beer? It was, it was nice. We, uh, we cooked a lot. We drank a lot, um, a lot of really good beer. Uh, we smoked some brisket as you pointed out. Um, it was our first brisket, so it's probably not going to be our best brisket, but I mean, anybody who has a Traeger who, who messes with brisket, um, knows what's good. Shout out Traeger. <laughs> yeah. If they want to sponsor the pod <laughs> by all means, but, uh, no, it was nice. How about yours? It was good. Uh, I did a lot of the same things that you did. I was just prime rib instead. Uh, a lot of beer with very high alcohol percentages. It was great. It was Perfect. the best way to spend a weekend. And I, on, let's see, Thursday was Christmas Eve day. Friday was Christmas day. By like noon each day, my computer was away and my phone was in another room. It was just nice to disconnect and watch television and sports and not have to to deal with being on my computer and my phone, which is a consistent part of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it works out. Like the best times are the times you're furthest away from social media. Yeah, but I'm on it all the time anyways. <laughs> I, know. I, know. We have to be. I believe that's called an addiction. Anyways, before it gets dark, let's talk about the 49ers 20 to 12 win against Arizona. Like I said, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on the details of the game. But um, one of the things that did happen in that one was Brandon Ayuk suffered a high ankle sprain on the third play of the game. That's according to Kyle Shanahan. So I want to start there. The rookie wide receiver season is over. And I know I joked about that. I was just going to say thoughts, but what, what really, what did you think of Brandon Ayuk in his first season? Because coming out of camp, you were really high on him. You were, you and a lot of the reporters who were there on site were, were pretty excited to see what he could do in a, in a regular game situation. And it looks like he, he lived up to those expectations. Yeah, he his season sort of checked every box. I think you want a rookie's uh see like a rookie receiver to to have in his rookie season, right? Like he came out of the gate strong, which in training camp, which was particularly encouraging because there was no off-season program, right? Like right. if he had looked like a baby giraffe during early, you know, early August, um that wouldn't have been a surprise to anyone and and the fact was that Ayuk to me was their best receiver at that time, like very clearly. And, uh, and that was of course with, with Debo Samuel on the shelf. And then the production really play, uh, you know, carried over into games, whether it was that play where against the Eagles, where he hurdled a, a defender and showed off some of that elite athleticism that, um, that I guess might've been a question mark because he didn't run, you know, the world's fastest 40 or whatever. Um, 
And I just think, you know, Kyle Shanahan's still hard on him. There wasn't any point listening to Brandon Ayuk talk um, that you felt like he didn't have a great head on his shoulders or he didn't, he wasn't approaching the game the right way. Right. Um, he's not, he's not there to, to seek attention. He's not there to, um, you know, to overstep his bounds in terms of, you know, your obligations as a rookie, if you're trying to make good in a locker room are to, you know, keep your head down, say a little and, and work a lot. Right. Right. Um, and I think Ayuk did all those things. And I think all that manifested itself on the field. So I'm a believer in what Brandon Ayuk's future can be, um, particularly given the offense that he's in and how Kyle Shanahan's going to use him. And if the 49ers are able to get a group of weapons on offense that includes Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Raheem Mostert on the field all together with improved offensive line play. I think no matter what, no matter who the quarterback is, and it's probably going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but no matter who who the quarterback is, that's that's damn near an ideal situation for a quarterback, right? If they can get the offensive line squared away and be more consistent in the running game and have all of those guys healthy, um, that has the makings to me of a really potent offense. And I think Ayuk can be, you know, one of the most important players in that kind of offense as his career progresses. Well, and there was a lot of pressure too on him. Maybe, maybe not pressure he was feeling, but just kind of from the optics of the draft, the 49ers went in and, and a lot of people knew we talked about, they need to get a receiver. Are they going to take one with the number 13 pick? And when they picked at 13, Henry Ruggs was the only receiver off the board. Jerry Judy was still there, widely regarded as the best receiver in the draft. CeeDee Lamb was still there, had a super productive career at Oklahoma. And they bypassed both of those guys. They bypassed LSU's Justin Jefferson, who went on to have a really nice rookie year, to then trade up and draft Brandon Ayuk. Like, they mortgaged a big part of their draft to trade up to draft this guy. And it was like, man, they they really need him to be good right away. To, to justify a passing on who who a lot of people thought were the top two the top two receivers left in the draft and arguably the top one and two and then trading up to get him like trading a fourth round pick trading the number 31 pick and then i think a, a fifth as well yeah. um they they mortgaged a lot of their draft to go get him and he he was very very productive and i think maybe even more productive than a guy like Jerry Judy or or a guy like Henry Ruggs, and I think he really justified the move up. Yeah, and at least he did in year one. Right, and, and you remember like all the talk around the 49ers during draft time was Kyle Shanahan saying at the combine, you know, we have a great group. I want to keep the team together, and we're going to do as much as we can to to run this back and try to win a Super Bowl. Drafting Ayuk, that was the replacement for Emmanuel Sanders. Like, mm-hmm. and nobody or I mean, a lot of people, us included, I think, had a healthy skepticism of, man, it's asking a lot for a rookie to replace somebody like Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. given what the offense looked like in the second half of the season when when Sanders came in was and was really clicking with Garoppolo at that point, right? So it was asking a lot, and, and Ayuk was much, much better than Emmanuel Sanders this year. So of all the things to go wrong for the 49ers, the, the series of moves of, I mean, it they did trade away a lot for, to, to get Emmanuel Sanders. And that point stands because, you know, they weren't able to, to draft a cornerback this year because they didn't have enough picks, right? Like right. They, they could have done a whole lot more in the draft, um, but they didn't because they traded for Trent Williams um, and they moved up to get Ayuk. So under the, the uh, 
on its face, like Ayuk having a much better season than Sanders is a, is a big win for the 49ers because there haven't been a whole lot of moves that they've made or that they made this last off season that like, that you say, man, home run slam dunk, like, and Ayuk right. was probably the best one. So yeah. I think, and he just, I think fans should be excited about Ayuk. Yeah. He just already, he looks like a guy that is going to be able to come in just day one next year and be that Emmanuel Sanders type receiver in a version of this offense that, that is healthier. Yeah. Uh, another thing that came out of the Arizona game, CJ Beathard started and played pretty well. 13 of 22, 182 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the one turnover. It was a fumble, but he didn't throw an interception. The 49ers snapped a streak of eight consecutive games with multiple turnovers, which is mind bending. <laughs> but he he was going to, the injury situation determined he was going to start against Seattle whether he went 13 for 22 or 0 for 22. And if he went 0 for 22, maybe not. But <laughs> but he was very likely going to start in Seattle as long as he was halfway competent. So he earns another start against Seattle. The The question I have for you, well, what did you, I have, I have a couple questions about Beathard, but just in general, what did you think of his of his performance overall? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought he played pretty well and, and this doesn't really surprise me um, because, and, and I've said it before, but I think I'm higher on CJ Beathard just in general than a lot of people. And not because I think he's going to be some like good starting quarterback. I just think he kind of got a bad rap for everything that happened um, in, uh, you know, in 2017 when he was starting, when the Niners were just bad um, <clears throat> and 2018 when he was starting and, and they weren't a whole lot better. Um, but I, I just think CJ Beathard can be a, a good backup quarterback in this league. Sure. And part of the, part of the issue that he had was, you know, all that went wrong, um, in those first two seasons. And then the fact that Nick Mullins came in and, and really moved the ball well, um, when he did play. So, um, I, I think Beathard now has a nice opportunity to, to, to put a little bit more on tape. Um, going into his free agency and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's if if he's back with the 49ers because I think um I I think there's a real connection between him and Kyle Shanahan and obviously um the locker room and and everything like that and you know this is a guy I, I think everybody on the beat wrote about it but I mean he, he's almost a year to the day he loses his brother who's murdered outside of a club in Nashville Right. Um, he's basically woken up in the middle of the night at the team hotel before the Rams game in 2019 to find out his brother's um, his brother got stabbed uh, and then ended up dying. Like that, that, that in and in of itself is crazy. So for Beathard right. to, you know, go from that to the pandemic a few months later um, and to just really, you know, have a really productive off season. Um, he reshaped his body. He's stronger. Um, and then to come in and play well, I just think it's a it's a cool story. And it's what, um, you know, the, the game meant a lot to him from a personal perspective, given everything that he had gone through. Right. Um, and so I'm just super happy for the guy because he's a really good dude. And in all my dealings I've had with him, I have nothing but but good things to say about CJ as a person. And so just knowing knowing him and, and having some sort of idea what he's gone through and hearing him talk about it, I think you know, it's one of those stories that I think is really is is why we like sports. Right. Just right. just like the 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 way it can it can mean so much to people going through going through serious 
you know, serious things in their life. And so from, from that perspective, I, I think it's a really cool story and I'm hoping Bethard can, uh, can play again, play well again on Sunday and, and hopefully, you know, find himself in a good situation next season, whether that's with the 49ers or, or somewhere else. Are you ready to say after Saturday that he maybe should have started a little sooner? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, he probably should have started the Cowboys game, right? That was my thinking. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's hard to it's easy in hindsight to say he should have started against Washington. I think he probably should have played at some point against Washington. Um, and it sounded like he was going to if things had timed up properly. But I I absolutely think he should have started against Dallas. And I thought that before seeing how well he played against Arizona. Yeah. And maybe this is a scenario where like we saw we saw Nick Mullins go light up the Giants and then get pulled the next week against a bad Eagles team because he was playing so poorly. So maybe we see that this week and and Beathard goes and gets lit up against Seattle and and doesn't play well. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, this is just the nature of having backup quarterbacks playing. But are the, (laughs) do you, are the, hmm, hmm? (laughs) this is such a sports talk radio question. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, I'll do this like a, I'll do this like a, hang on, hang on. Chris Biederman, the Sacramento Bee joins us. Hey, Chris, uh, do you think, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you think the 49ers would have made the playoffs if CJ Beathard started against Dallas and beyond? <laughs> uh, no, Bob, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Is it Kyle Shanahan's fault? The 49ers are not in the playoffs. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's nobody else nobody else to blame. Yeah, I just how, I don't how much do we blame Kyle Shanahan for the Niners win in Arizona? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. I blame Robert Sala. Yeah. He's gotta go too. It looks like and that's that's okay. That's a perfect accidental segue. <laughs> There's no chance he's coaching the 49ers next year, right? I don't think so. I really don't like like he I was mean, a candidate the, last year and he done a I think maybe even better job this year given the circumstances. So I haven't been like following all the um you know all the, the all the national shows but like it feels like every time there's a Niners highlight and they show the 49ers events like oh Robert Sala one of the right. one of the top head coaching candidates like right. it feels like that's said sort of universally and when it's at that point it feels like that guy always gets a job. I want to know why Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, that never happens with him. It's like only Robert Sala. Yeah. That his name gets brought up. I you never see a Patrick part- Mahomes highlight and then people go, Eric Bieniemy, hot name. Well, the thing is, like, the Niners have a really good defense with an offensive head coach. Right. So I think Bieniemy, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff with the Bieniemy uh, situation that we could talk about. I don't know how comfortable I feel talking about it, but. <laughs> But like, I think, <laughs> you know, I think fair. there's an element of it that, um, you know, aside from the issues with diversity in the NFL coaching ranks, sure, I think some of it is the fact that Andy Reid is the offensive mastermind and Bianami is also an offensive coach. Sure. That and he sense. doesn't have, Sala also has the video bites of him jumping up and down on the sideline and, well, and the play and chest bumping players. Well, and not to mention just look at 2017 look at 2018, and then look at this season. I mean, 2019 speaks for itself. But the fact that those defenses were still running around and still hitting and still playing hard, they weren't very good. 
in in those 2017 and 2018 season don't get me wrong but they were still playing hard which i think says a lot about sala as a person and as a leader of men totally and then this year they're still putting together a really good defense without like three of their four best players right and i think that speaks to okay now now not only are they playing hard look how much of a leader this guy is now it's oh and he's making adjustments and scheming and still putting a good defensive product on the field with subpar players in some in some positions he also has like an all pro in fred warner which helps right fifth in total well fred warner too reflects on sala right Mm -hmm. warner was sala's guy sala is a former linebackers coach sala went to bat for warner and he was right so sala like day one sala are one in the same yeah, he's been saying that since Warner came in. I was like, he's yeah. one of the smartest players I've ever coached. Yeah, so they're fifth in in total yardage, sixth in uh, yards per play, third in third down conversion rate, um, tenth in the red zone, and seventh in yards per rush, sixth in yards per pass. That's insane. They're a top um, ten defense. Fourth in total yardage through the air. So yeah, like you top know, it, this is really impressive given. You haven't had Nick Bosa, um, D. Ford, DeForest Buckner. You have not gotten a 10-sack season from Eric Armstead. Um, Richard Sherman vis- missed, what, all but five games, I think? Something like that, six games. Um, the fact that the 49ers are, so, are doing so well. And, like, it would be frustrating to play on that defense opposite the offense turning the ball over all the time, right? Yeah. And there never really felt like down the stretch in particular that that you're like, oh, man, the Niners defense is they've had enough. Right. They're quitting like it never (laughs) felt like that. The Tony Pollard touchdown for Dallas seemed like an F this moment from the defense. But other than that play. (laughs) But yeah, sure. I mean, that's fair. But aside from like the rare moments like that, like there could have been there could have been way more of those. Like, what are we doing? Moments from the defense. The last like four weeks. And that never happened. No. So I, I think to your point, that reflects really well on Sala. Um, yeah, I think he should be a head coach. I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with his coaching staff because I would think D'Amico Ryan's the Niners linebackers coach uh, would be next in line to be the coordinator. Um, but I wonder if Sala brings him with him and makes Ryan's, you know, the defensive coordinator in Detroit or Jacksonville, wherever he ends up. And the and then there's the offensive side too. Does he take uh, Mike Lafleur, Mike McDaniel with him to be his OC? We'll see. Lot of offseason conversations that that we'll be having for sure. Um, I don't think I think Sal is going to be a head coach, and I don't think it's going to take him long to find one. But no. but before might we a, get to the offseason, this time next week he might have a job. Yeah, yeah, that's that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um. Yeah. Before we get to the offseason, the 49ers have to play their season finale Sunday against the Seahawks. No Jimmy Garoppolo, no Trent Williams, no Debo Samuel, no Jordan Willis. We already mentioned Brandon Ayuk, no Richard Sherman, no, and Javon Kinlaw's day-to-day. Is there any chance the 49ers win on Sunday? I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Kittle could... They, you know, the, the the Seahawks have something to play for because they're still, you know, they in, in order for them to get the number one seed, I think they need the Packers and Saints to lose, right? And then, and then they win, have yeah. to win. So they're going to be playing. Um, they're going to be playing to win. So 
you know, like I think it'll be a physical game. Um, it'll probably be close because the Seahawks only play weird games. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Niners won, but ultimately, like, if there's a close game in a must-win situation, I'm going to take um, Russell Wilson over C.J. Beathard. So I think Seattle's probably going to win, no matter how resilient the 49ers look. Okay, and one last thing before we get to the break. Another another off-season question that we will address. I just want your initial thoughts on it, though, so they're on tape uh, on the internet forever. Uh is this Trent Williams or was uh, Saturday Trent Williams last game with the 49ers? No, I think he comes back. I do too. I don't even think it's a question. Yeah. Like, I, I just, just have a really hard time thinking they trade two picks for a guy, have him dominate for one year and then go, no, thanks. <laughs> People are going to lose their minds when they see the numbers for that contract. I will have to wait to see the structure. <laughs> I'm a very as, smart as cap person. <laughs> <laughs> when the Trent Williams numbers come out, everybody wait before you react because we got to see the terms and the structure. <laughs> Those initial important. numbers are just pushed out by the agents, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember, it's not all guaranteed. Got to see the guaranteed money. <laughs> uh, let's hit a break, and then we will have the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation that we have belabored on the internet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's New way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. The NBA season is back in action, and football is heading into the postseason. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I know I am. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Chris, I know I said earlier that I had my phone in another room over the holidays, and that was true right up until basketball games started on Christmas, and then there was a football game on Christmas, and then the 49ers played the day after Christmas and there were two other football games the day after Christmas and that's when having an account with bet online uh, really benefits me a lot when there's that many sports in a two-day span from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else best believe I was in on those player props I tell you guys every week that they're my favorite thing and I'm on it always you can get in on their season opening bonuses today i'm not sure how specific i'm supposed to be but uh it's a lot of ways to win so your boy takes advantage you can get in on their opening season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every single day the buffalo bills head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses and don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e bluewire at betonline.ag Bet online, your online sports book experts. I like the Buffalo Bills, man. I think they're pretty good. You taking them? I might. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Wow. What, are, well, what odds would you would you be getting? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I hate saying odds and having them be wrong. Because sure. like that's such a and I can't remember the exact number. Okay. Uh, but they're not favored. <laughs> Do you have a ballpark? Um, I think it like was plus eight hundred or something. Eight eight hundred sounds right. I'm gonna okay. look it up right now. I'm gonna go to bet online right now and look it up. But they're I really good. I'm a believer yeah, in the bills. I think they're really good, and I've thought they were really good all year. And I said on. I can't remember if I said it on this show or on the radio that I thought the Niners Bills week 13 game might end up being a Super Bowl preview. Mm. And obviously the 49ers aren't going to the Super Bowl, but the Bills, I think, are really well coached. They have a good defense. And if there's an offense that is going to keep up with Kansas City, I really like Buffaloes to do so. But then again, Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. So, you know. (laughs) He's good. We've seen how much that 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 having Patrick Mahomes matter. Okay, so to win the AFC, the Bills are plus 375. And to win the Super Bowl, the Bills are plus 850. 
Yeah, I don't hate the uh, the Super Bowl pick because I think they're they're probably the second best team in the NFC, and I think I like them more than any of the NFC teams. AFC. They're the second best team in the AFC, right? And I like them more than any NFC team. Also, just That's sneaky down here, the Ravens are plus twelve hundred, and the Titans are plus twenty eight hundred. Yeah, the boy's gonna have you. to do a little research. That's all you Titans guy. Big Titans guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, we're putting off we're we're putting off the elephant in the room. Um, Kyle Shanahan talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. First, he said that Jimmy Garoppolo, he believed Jimmy Garoppolo would be the starting quarterback at the 49ers next year. I believe it was Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports and pressed him on it and said, are you ready to commit to that? And then Kyle Shanahan said, I'll, I'll read the full quote. Um, he said, guys, you can't take, you can't say, I'm not going to read the full quote because that's obnoxious. It's super long. But he starts it with saying, guys, you can't say anything with certainty. You don't sit here and make promises on anything. We build a football team. It's your job to put the best team together year in and year out. He goes on to talk about Garoppolo's salary, how he's like the 13th to 19th highest paid quarterback. That's just how much quarterbacks cost. Uh, But look at Jimmy. Look what he's done. Look at where he's at with us financially. And we better have a very good answer if you're going to find something better than that because Jimmy's shown in one year that he's a guy who can take us to the Super Bowl. And I also think Jimmy's going to get a lot better the more he plays. There it is. (laughs) So he's, this has sparked conversation on various internet forums about whether the 49ers are committing to Garoppolo, whether they're not, oh, he's doing coach speak. I actually think he's being very upfront. And he's saying, as you said at the top of the podcast, what he said in the offseason when he was talking about their pursuit of Tom Brady. If we can upgrade at any position, we're going to look into that because that's what you do when you're building a good football team. Yep. They looked into Tom Brady. They very openly looked into Tom Brady. They decided it was not for them. And now what he's saying, I'm whittling his quote down, and this is how I read it. If If you disagree, please let me know. I read that as, and I hear that as him saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. That's the plan. Unless they're presented with something that they believe is an upgrade. Yeah. And I think the, the, the most important thing to consider when thinking about this is how Kyle Shanahan views the roster currently. Yes. And he's going to operate as if 2021 is a season for them to win the Super Bowl and run it back to, you know, play at the level that they did in 2019 and go win the Super Bowl. So if your if your object is to be in the best place from a team building perspective and allocating money the right way and building out your roster through draft picks, if that's the objective, then you you, you know, move off of Garoppolo and try to draft a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But the objective is to win a Super Bowl. And as you've pointed out, a rookie quarterback has never won a Super Bowl. Um, And the 49ers believe their window's open right now. So why would you, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl in 2021, why are you going to a rookie quarterback? Um, So that that's that's where I start. Like Kyle Shanahan is like, our goal next year is to win the Super Bowl. And he's been so focused on this year that he's not, he hasn't been looking at like college film yet. Like Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan doesn't look at, at college quarterbacks until, 
you know, like after he goes on vacation, which is probably going to be as soon as the season's over. (laughs) (laughs) That that ticket is booked. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, Kyle Shanahan could fall in love with Zach Wilson, say, in February. And maybe, maybe that, maybe that, you know, the 49ers change their mind because Kyle Shanahan is so convinced he could win a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson. I don't think that's possible. And I think there's a very, very small chance that happens because I think Kyle Shanahan understands that it would take a long time for rookie quarterback to get to the level that he needs it to get to, to go beat Patrick Mahomes. Right. And I think the 49ers like what they have with Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of continuity in terms of how the locker room feels about him. Like if you're Trent Williams and you want to win a Super Bowl next year and they, and they decide that they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and go get a rookie, like is Trent Williams, like, uh, I'd rather go somewhere else with a, with a better quarterback. Maybe. Yeah. And like any free agent, right? What this, what this doesn't allow for. And I, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but the, the conversation tends to revolve in absolutes. You you hear it on TV, right. you see it in, in writing, you see it anywhere. There's also the option where Kyle Shanahan, we're going to stick with Zach Wilson. It's a random name you pulled out of the air. Uh, where we, we, he looks at Zach Wilson and says, wow, that's the franchise quarterback. We need to do whatever we can to trade up to get him. And they may move heaven and earth to do that. But guess what? That's still a quarterback on a rookie deal. And there's the world where they stick with Garoppolo this year because they think he can win a Super Bowl in 21 and then move on to a rookie quarterback in 22. Like right, it's not, then, it's not, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo and Stan Pat at quarterback. It, it does. It doesn't mean that it's just for then next if, year. If you use your first round pick on a quarterback and one you have to trade up for, if it's Wilson's case, if he's not starting, then you wait, you basically wasted a first round pick. Right. In not terms if, of not if it's a franchise you, quarterback. Well, right. But in terms of getting you to the Super Bowl in 2021. Okay. You're, you're wasting you're, that impact that yeah, next You're missing year. out okay. on okay, a okay, chance to fair. get another pass rusher. Sure. Um, another cornerback or both. Like you could, instead of moving up to get a quarterback, you can move down and get all sorts of picks in rounds two and sure. three sure. and try to find more Fred Warners and, you know, people like that. Um, not that that's easy, but like Fred Warner was a third round pick. <laughs> Um, what I think they should do is trade for all 32 third round picks. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst idea. A honestly, team but... full of Fred Warners. Who says yeah. no? Um, but no, like I, I ultimately, I think, you know, really there, there's only one veteran that I think trading for would, would provide you a, an, an upgrade over Garoppolo. Like that's realistic. Right. And that's Matt Stafford. Right. And the thing is, if Kyle Shanahan wants to trade for Matt Stafford and he's already decided that, first of all, they don't have a coach or GM yet. So who they they have he he has no idea what the Lions thinking on Stafford's gonna be. Right. So why would he come out, you know, before the season's over and even allude to another quarterback? <laughs> you know, like that. Like that I also would think never that's like ever tampering. Happen. I don't think you can right. do that. <laughs> no, he couldn't he couldn't legally do that. And what if what if yesterday in that press conference when they said is Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback next year he's like no it's Matt Stafford <laughs> yeah, yeah no we're gonna try to trade for Stafford <laughs> um, we're gonna think about some quarterbacks in the draft but you probably know it's, not it's gonna be real it's, similar to the Cousins thing 
in 2017 you know, I, except we're just focused on stafford we've been focused <laughs> on stafford for a while now actually i took a break from watching my own film to read some threads on twitter and decided that jimmy garoppolo wasn't very good so i also saw matt stafford's name floated out there so that's our plan yeah and and so to me like if you're trying to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to view it in the lens of this quarterback gives us a better chance to win a Super Bowl in 2021. Sure. And I think that kind of that that basically rules out a rookie unless Kyle Shanahan is so over the moon with one of these guys that he thinks he can win a Super Bowl in 2021. And coaches have egos. Like he might be like, "Look, I mentioned it earlier, like all the weapons, right? If we shore up the offensive line, um you know george kittle's back if we get more from the running game and a healthy season from kittle which obviously impacts the running game then the rookie's going to be in a pretty good spot and i could see kyle shanahan doing that but it's it's a much bigger swing and a much bigger risk i think just saying we're just going to bring trent williams back we're going to bring garoppolo back we're going to sign warner and then, you know, we're going to draft the best defensive end we can get in the first round, maybe in the best corner we can get in round two or whatever. Sure. Right. They could do that and justify it based on what happened in 2019. But the issue that they're the, the risk that they're taking is similar to what the Rams did with. um, With Sam Bradford. Right. And like, I can't talk about Matt Stafford and Sam Bradford in the same conversation because I get their name screwed up all the time. Okay. <laughs> but also Sam one is Bradford, good. The other one was not. And this is, this is, this is Nick Wagner's point, which is, which is stuck in my mind. Cause it's a good one when talking about Garoppolo. Like you can't just keep waiting for your quarterback to be healthy. Yeah, that's fair. That's the other thing. So it's like, if Garoppolo is not healthy in 2021, then you have to move on. Yeah. That's no me, question. I, yeah. To me, I think it's still too, it like, you can you can justify moving on from Garoppolo only if you have a ready-made upgrade. If you say, "All right, we're moving mm-hmm. on from Garoppolo, we're bringing in Tom Brady last year." Like I think that it makes more sense now, obviously. But right. like you know, if it's Stafford, I think it's justifiable. I don't know who could, who what other veteran you would say, "Yeah, that's that's worth trading the pick or trading a substantial draft haul and paying that guy." Like it's hard to it's gonna be really hard to justify finding a quarterback that justifies paying the salary sure. and the draft capital you're gonna to have to give up rather than just bringing Garoppolo back. Four months ago I would have said Matt Ryan and then I started watching a lot of Falcons this year and nope. <laughs> yeah, like Ryan think, Cousins, like that think... all feels lateral to me. I do too. So, like I, I really do too. So why if it if they're not all that dissimilar, why are you giving up a, a hall of draft picks like, to get the same level of quarterback? Right. It's 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 a what's it the cost benefit thing? Cost benefit analysis is that the right yeah. is that the yeah. right term for this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to give up what is probably going to be draft picks and then additional money that that goes beyond the twenty seven million dollar cap hit that Jimmy Garoppolo has last year, you better make damn sure that that quarterback is going to be excellent and right. not just different for the sake right. of having a different quarterback. And that's basically what Shanahan was saying when he brought up Garoppolo's salary is like, Hey, he, he's a starting quarterback and he makes starting quarterback money. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's how it goes. So I think you and I are pretty much in lockstep on that. I, I think that Garoppolo is going to be the starter next year, unless they get a sweet deal for a player like Stafford. Um, or if, if the Lions are like, yeah, we'll give you Stafford for a two, I'd think really hard about it. Yeah. 
Right. And if Stafford says, yeah, I don't want a five-year extension. Right. You know, it, it, so there's there's a lot of moving parts. And that's, that's, that's it, it's not going to be as cut and dry as, okay, they're cutting Garoppolo and they're changing quarterbacks because the free agent list is pretty grim. I've heard Ryan Fitzpatrick's name throw out there, thrown out there. I, I urge those people to go watch Ryan Fitzpatrick just kind of as a whole. Um, <laughs> and then consider what it would look like. I think the only way they wind up drafting a a rookie in the first round is if a quarterback that Shanahan really likes falls to them. Or if they pick at 14, let's just say they're going to pick at 14. I think that's where they're slated right now. Um, if they're going to pick at 14 if one of those quarterbacks falls to like 12 where yeah. they can, they can move up a little bit to get them. I just, I don't foresee a scenario. Like I think it's uh Dane Brugler, the athletic has Zach Wilson going second. Yeah. And I think that, he's going to go second. And if that's, if he's that good and he is going to go that high, there's just, there's not, I, I understand the logic of it's a, it's your franchise quarterback. You go get him. If, if you think that, but that may, that, the Jets are picking second. They are. They are picking second. The Jets are. And Zach Wilson is their guy. There's no amount of first round picks that the 49ers can throw at the Jets that they're going to, because the Jets are also looking for their franchise. Well, even if you are, like, if you ever want the chance to build around Zach Wilson. Or Trey Lance be, or whoever. Yeah. Or, yeah. Pick a quarterback. It's going to be really difficult to do that if you trade away your first round picks for the next three years. Yeah. Right? Yep. And your second round picks. Yeah. Like it would take a lot for, you know, if the 49ers end up at what, 12 or 14 or whatever, mm-hmm. it would take a ton for them to move up 10 spots to get Wilson. And yeah, I, I think the 49ers should trade back. I think this, you know, we, we can say it every year. You can always make the case for trading back, but I think mm-hmm. this is a great, a great year to trade back for, for them just where they are from their own perspective. I, I haven't done the dive into the draft class. Like, I don't know if there's as much, there's as much meat in this draft class in, in rounds two and three, which is a weird thing people say. But, um, <laughs> but I would try to accumulate as many second and third round picks as I could if I were the 49ers. And just hope your scouting department. That, I think that's your take every guys. year, though. Not really. <laughs> I know. I'm messing with you. But, but you I are, mean, but you no, justify. but you are, a, but you are, and it makes sense why, especially for a team in the position the Niners are going to be in, where cap space is going to be at a premium, especially if you're extending Fred Warner and Trent Williams, you're going to have to restock the cupboard somehow. Yeah. And even if they go into the draft with eight picks, they could have 12 or 13 with just a couple of moves back. And if you're giving yourself that many throws at the dartboard, you're getting that many more chances to find a George Kittle or to find a Fred yeah. Warner. Uh, find a Richard Sherman who's a fifth round pick. Like you, you. This is a year where I get why in the 2020 draft they went, hey, five picks. Our roster is set. We need help in these areas. So they got Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. That was the stars of the class. And then they had a ready made roster around those guys. Ended up not working out because of injuries. But this is a year where it's like, dude, if you can have a 12 player draft class, that this is the year to do it. I think. Yeah, like they they need corners. Mm-hmm. They need interior offensive line, probably a center, an edge rusher. Um, they could always use more offensive weapons. Like if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm drafting a receiver in the first three years every or the first three rounds every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could use depth at tackle, mm-hmm. right? And and that and that's not even like, do you want to use a second round pick on on the best quarterback you can find at that point in the draft? Right. 
because that would make sense just to groom as a backup and have, you know, at least you'd have a talented, a more talented player than, you know, an undrafted so, rookie or CJ Beathard or whatever. So that's, that's another element to this conversation. And Eric Branch wrote about it uh, in the San Francisco Chronicle, where if the Niners are going to stick with Garoppolo, they have to do better than Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard behind him because banking on 16 games from Garoppolo doesn't seem like, doesn't seem, doesn't seem like the, <laughs> the safe thing to do. If you, they go into 2021 saying, Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is our start- starter. That's great. Like I get that. And I, I understand that logic, but if they're going to do that, they can't run Nick Mullins back as the, as the backup because let's say they're going to win 11 or 12 games and be in the running for a one seed you can't have your backup starting four games and losing three of those four games. Like that's just right. not, you You can't have that. So that's why I do think they, they draft a quarterback this year. Uh, maybe they, maybe they do wind up with a Ryan Fitzpatrick as a, as a backup option and say, Hey, he can win us a couple games. Uh, and I'm just picking a, picking a yeah. backup quarterback. Yeah. So I, if that's the change I see coming is lower on the depth chart. I think, I think Garoppolo is the guy next year though. Yeah. What would you think about trading for, say, Sam Darnold to be the backup? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I Sam Darnold's a guy I have a lot of thoughts on. Um, or not not a lot of thoughts. I just I have mixed thoughts, I guess, where I have this weird feeling that he might still be a really good player. And I think a good coaching staff would help. My issue would be uh, if they would be able, because last year is the final year of his rookie deal. Uh, next year, you mean? Yeah, 21. So fourth yeah. year. Yeah. So what would it cost to get him with with a draft pick? What would it cost to get him? And then what would his status with the team look like beyond next season? Yeah, that the the cost thing is interesting because obviously, if the Jets want a second contract, for him, not doing it. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine his agent would want him to go anywhere where he would be the backup. But right, he would be a backup behind a quarterback who's had a lot of injury issues and on a pretty high profile team that could potentially be in the playoffs, right. needing their backup quarterback to play. It's going to be it's going to be very fascinating seeing what they do. They're, and they're, I think here's 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 what I will say. Um, I think if they go into week one next year and Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter, fine. If quarterback two is Nick Mullins and quarterback three is CJ Beathard, I think they failed. And I don't think it would be Nick Mullins, especially if he has Tommy John surgery, but if yeah, CJ Beathard say, is, I don't think he's going to play next year. If CJ Beathard is a QB two, I think they've probably failed a little bit. That's fair. We'll have to see how he plays on Sunday. It's a great point. Uh, do you have any predictions for Sunday? I was going to ask that. I think the I think I think the Seahawks win. This is just again strip the names off the uniforms and <laughs> you throw the records out when these teams play, Chris. Um, strip the names off the uniforms. This is a team playing their final game of the year against a team still fighting for a first round bye in the playoffs. I think the Seahawks win. The Niners are super beat up, like we've been saying it all year. Um, give me Seahawks twenty six. It's got to be a weird score because it's Seahawks Niners. Seahawks 26, 49ers 16. 
Yeah. 25 think... to 16. That's even weird. I like that. I'll go 23-20. Seahawks. Ooh, a close one. But I I mean, ultimately, like, Ayuk's not playing. They do. They will have Kittle. So, you know, we'll see. A lot of able... River Craycraft. A lot of River Craycraft. A lot of Richie James. A lot of Kendrick Bourne. Um, Over or under four and, and a half CJ targets Badger. for River Craycraft. Over under how many? Four and a half. Oh, man. For River Craycraft. The River Craycraft go over on receptions is a prime bet online player prop. I'm going What's to the Richie James over under? I don't know. I've, I'm, this might be like the in. Packers game for Richie James. When I didn't play and he's he's Mr. Bubble Screen. And I'll hit back. you up privately about that and we'll take okay. a look-see. Yeah. Insider <laughs> trading. Very good. That's a good um, one. We'll, uh, we'll have a post-game pod. This is our last pod for the week. We're going to yeah, ring in the years. new year by ourselves. Is New Year's um, Eve the worst holiday of all the holidays? Oh, man, that's a great question. No. No, it's really? not. I think it's the worst. I think, for me, it's 4th of July. Really? Yes. I'm yes. offended. Yes. I'm a you bad American. anti-American. I'm a bad American. No, and this is this is the reason why. And it's le- like, this is you legit. Barbecue I love I love fireworks. a barbecue. I love a barbecue. I love fireworks. I love hanging out with my friends and having an excuse to get rip-roaring drunk in the middle of the day. But it's summer and it's hot. And, uh, you know, your boy is fluffy. And <laughs> we don't do hot weather as much. So while you people may enjoy sitting in your lawn chair and being outside. When I sit in my lawn chair, I feel like I'm sitting in a sauna um, <laughs> and just bathing in my own sweat, which is uncomfortable. Oh. So New Year's Eve, I'm sitting inside. I'm drinking some wine or a, a dark beer. I'm playing some cards. I'm watching New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest, and that is familiar and nice. So, um, shout out to Ryan Seacrest for making New Year's Eve a better holiday than Fourth of July. I, I've had the the New Year's Eve where it's like, all right, we're gonna go to the hotel party and get a room <sighs> at the hotel and really do it up, and it sounds like the most fun thing ever. But it's always disorganized. You always get lost. People suck. You don't really know what's open because it's a holiday, but <laughs> right. it's not. So, like, <laughs> are 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 cabs available or Ubers? You know, I, I, I didn't <laughs> back when I was doing such things as going to New Year's Eve parties. I don't even know Uber existed, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just haven't had great experiences on New Year's. So honestly, my best New Year's experience has been to like go somewhere cool and watch the first sunrise of the year. I've done that. Before. That sounds great. That like, sounds really nice. That might go, be the move this year. It's go to uh, like Marin Headlands oh. and then face southeast. Sure. And then you could see the Golden Gate Bridge and the sunrise over San Francisco, like all that. That's really cool. That might that. literally be the move this year. Yeah. But um, you got to get up early, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my other favorite thing about New Year's Eve is it leads to New Year's Day, which is typically like nursing a hangover and watching college football games. Watching Ohio State playing a big bowl game. Yeah. 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 I'm used to that, too. I don't think I didn't see your pro football focus retweet today of the three highest graded rookie edge rushers. <laughs> and you're going to say, oh, I tweeted that because Nick Bosa was at the top. No, you did that because it was three Ohio State guys. Everybody knows it. I see th- right through your little charade. 
Yeah, if only they turned out players every once in a while. <laughs> hey, oh, it's, it's uh, just nice because they have such a little known football program. You want to give them some some yeah, pub when right because you know, yeah. they're they don't have a whole lot going. Hey, on these days. hey, retweet a PFF thing about Gary and Conley. Boom, got him. Has he so, not been good? No, it's not very okay. good. I don't even know if he's been active for Houston. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Hey, how about KJ Hill? Am I right? Boom. Right. Roasted. Yeah. Anyways, you... I'm going to you, you. Oh, my. I can't wait for the disinformation campaign from you about all the other quarterbacks to start. <laughs> and you're just going to be like, it just seems like Justin Fields is the top quarterback in this class. It is really <laughs> and it's pretty crystal clear. You're going to be on this podcast advocating right, a trade right. up. And then, and then Captain trade say... back is going to be like, Unload the farm for Justin Fields. Like, right. And then if I ever say anything bad about Justin Fields, it's going to be like, oh, he's just, it's just false modesty. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't mean it. Typical just, just trying, trying to, to drive. He's just trying to be objective. He's just trying to look like he's objective. Trying to drive his value down. So that- <laughs> yeah, because I have a lot at stake with Justin Fields. Yeah. Yeah, you do. There's a lot on the line for me, given we went to the same school. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go. I was going to explain the bit, but I'm not going to do that. No, we're going to talk about Justin Fields, I'm sure. Subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't. See ya.